It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I do not understand this football name in America. How how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks? I'm going to say it once and hopefully I'm wrong, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams and then a toss and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the moxie, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be paping me. It's Jonathan Elway. He was so sassy and cool and hey guys, I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang, sling, sling, toss, toss. I'm going to lose all the time. And then I win and then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gilligan. Yes, I'm Kevin Gilligan, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany, but as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. Broncos fans, we have another Monday morning here in planet earth i suppose i'm here podcasting from just outside munich germany yes i guess i already said that in the intro um it's another well rainy cold day it's really not spring yet it's still been kind of an extended winter here not necessarily snow but rain and cold and yeah i'm I'm ready for spring i'm ready for flip-flop weather even though honestly i'm still wearing flip-flops it gets to be about april 1st and i don't even care what the weather is i've got my flip-flops on because that is how i roll but I would still rather be a little bit warmer so my feet don't freeze off. Um, we are just a few weeks away, actually less than a few weeks. We're, we're really almost a, what a week and a few days away from 
the NFL draft. So obviously plenty to speculate on. Um, really the same things we've been speculating on for the last few months. Um, but it's an exciting time. It's, it's, it's a time where there are many football fans and sports fans who I truly believe like these weeks and these months better than the actual regular season. I was talking to to Ian Henson about that of milehighreport.com and the Orange page, and, and he was saying that um, he was agreeing with me that, that this is really, for some people, the highlight of the entire season, the entire year, this actual pre-draft process is the most fun. Now, for me, it's not the best. I mean, I much prefer talking about and looking at actual game, you know, highlights and game footage and, and re-watching and talking about it, but it does, it, there, there is still always that drama, there's that, that back and forth of what teams are saying they're going to do or what you think they might do. I mean, is Arizona really going to pick Kyler Murray? And if they do, who's going to trade for Josh Rosen? You have the news now coming out of Seattle that Russell Wilson might be traded. He wants a trade because they're not giving him the contract that he believes he deserves and that he probably does deserve. So Russell Wilson could be headed somewhere else, which means, you know, maybe it's to, I, I, the, the rumor is, I, I believe it was um, Tyron Matthew saying that he thinks Russell Wilson wants to go to New York. Um, and so obviously the Giants then, if they go, if they pick up Wilson, then they're no longer looking for a quarterback in the draft. And uh, a lot of different things. I mean, maybe Josh Rosen goes to Washington uh, before the draft as well. So there's just a really unlimited amount of things that could happen. And of course, the main thing we're all looking at is what happens with the quarterback in and before and after the the draft here in, in about I don't know nine days. And it's interesting. I'm looking again at the at a mock draft from um, Walter Football, and there there are eight billion mock drafts out there. I think the that the Broncos have been have been picked to draft I don't know I mean, thirty different guys. So it's really hard to say. Now Walter Football is one I, I like and respect. Um. They've got Kyler Murray at one, Quinton Williams at two, uh, Bosa at three, Josh Allen to the Raiders at four, Montez Sweat to the Buccaneers, which surprises me a little bit. I thought the Buccaneers would like to get go after maybe Devin White or even Bush, um, but they've got Sweat going to Buccaneers, Rashawn Gary going to the Giants. Um, they don't have the Giants picking a quarterback, which is interesting because at six, you would think they are at least interested in in Haskins. I mean, he was the guy that for many months or at least weeks people were really pointing to going to New York. Um, and he his stat, his stock has really fallen as of late. And he's somebody we're going to talk about more later in the show. Also later in the show we'll have uh, Skipper Dude on as always. He's going to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of bringing in a top-notch defensive lineman a big dude to at the number 10 pick and he'll give these pros and cons really interesting segment and um you, you'll have to see what he comes up with if he, if he would do it or not that's coming up also after that we'll talk again about um the quarterback situation and who the broncos should get in the draft anyway back to the mocks they had Rashawn gary to new york giants they have Jawan taylor the offensive tackle going to jacksonville uh, they have Devin White going to Detroit. Christian Wilkins, Wilkins, a defensive tackle, going to the Buffalo Bills at 9. And at 10, they have Ed Oliver going to the Denver Broncos. And then the only one after that that's really worth looking at, I believe, is at 13. They have Dwayne Haskins. So they have the 
okay, I guess they have Kyler Murray at one. And then the second quarterback in the entire draft going at 13. And then at 15, they have a quarterback going to the Washington Redskins. At 15, Washington Redskins. So at this point, they have Dwayne Haskins off the board um, to Miami. They have Kyler Murray off the board at number one to Arizona. So at 15, Walter Football has at um, to the Washington Redskins, Daniel Jones from Duke. Not Drew Locke. They have Daniel Jones. Interesting. So where do they have Drew Locke? Let us see. But he's not even in the first round. I have, to, I have to click an extra button. That's how far down he's fallen, apparently, in this draft. And my phone is not letting me pick it. <laughs> Interesting, though, that they have Jones. Jones is a guy that he really gets a lot of of hate, I think. Um but he must be someone that I think the scouts and the teams like better than the analysts, than the the pundits, because he does not get a lot of love. So, okay, so they have New York Giants trading up and drafting Drew Locke at 17. So they think that Drew Locke falls all the way to 17, and the Giants eventually do get their quarterback. Now, of course, if the Giants are more interested in Russell Wilson, which, I mean, who wouldn't be more interested in him than anyone else, um... They have him, them picking Drew Locke. So they have Daniel Jones going before Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins falling out of the top 10. Really, really interesting. Dwayne Haskins, a few months ago, was there was no possibility that he went past 10. And this is interesting for Walter Football to have Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, and Daniel Jones all available at number 10. And they have the Broncos picking Ed Oliver a defensive tackle or defensive end, kind of a hybrid type of a guy. Smaller guy, but with an absolutely explosive style of play. And he's a guy that I've liked. I, I've really preached for for a while. And I would not be at all unhappy if they go out and draft Ed Oliver. I think that would be a solid play, a solid move. And I think it makes sense. It, it seems like something that Elway is going to do. I, I think I think Elway has, picked, has brought in Joe Flacco as the plan a he's plan a i don't think right now there's a plan b and we talked about this last week and in weeks previous that elway has three years left on his contract he he's not in the mode to rebuild and he never is elway's not a rebuilder we've we've seen that um from day one now that being the case you you likely don't go out and get a rookie unless you're really really sure of this rookie and i've said a million times that i don't think drew Locke is the guy i definitely don't think daniel jones is the guy now Kyler Murray's not going to go to you know finish up at ten. I think he he has gotten enough believers in him that he will likely go likely go number one and could also go somewhere else in the top ten. Uh, he's that wild card guy, that guy that you know the Baker Mayfield type game changer, game changer, um, uh, franchise changer. At least that's that's what they hope for. I, I don't like the guy's attitude. I I wouldn't touch Kyler Murray with a ten foot pole, um, but that's just me. And I, I believe that the Elway will likely go with one of these best player available for a position of need, or maybe even best player available. If Ed Oliver is available at ten, I think you, you probably pick him. I mean, he, he's a guy who's who's got top five talent and could be a, a humongous difference maker on the defensive line. And if you're putting him with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Shelby Harris, and 
you know, everyone else there who I think Zach Kerr resigned. I mean, that is a really, really stout front. Now you're gonna need to bring in guys who can who can um, you know back these guys up. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of depth there, especially at edge, which is which is interesting, especially since they lost um, Shaq Barrett. And after losing Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray, it's pretty much only Miller and Chubb at the moment. So they're gonna need to to boost their depth at the edge. And there's always that this debate, obviously, if it's gonna be. Um, Ed Oliver or Devin White. Now, Walter Football has Devin White going earlier to the Detroit Lions at eight. But if they're both available, if, if, if they're both available and Dwayne Haskins, what then? What if some team just decides for some reason that they want Drew Locke or or even Daniel Jones in the top 10? Because it seems those, at least Daniel Jones in these mock drafts, his stock has risen much, much higher than I ever expected. I mean, I think that the guys and gals over at milehighreport.com do not love Daniel Jones. I don't, I don't think any of them have any um, good feelings about Jones coming out of Duke. Now, I think a lot of people like him because of his coach. His head coach is a guy who has coached the, the Manning brothers. But just because you've coached the Manning brothers doesn't mean Daniel Jones will be the next Manning. I mean, I, I obviously he must be showing something else, but his, his highlights, his stats on the field, they don't flash. I mean, I, I don't think he has great talent and I don't see any quote unquote experts in the media at least saying that he does either now the difference being it must be someone is hearing rumors or rumblings that the actual scouts the actual teams like this guy more than people in the media who just really don't see much in him now we'll see I I mean with the draft I think you almost always have a, a top 10 pick or two that are real um jaw droppers, you know, that really surprised people and, and did not, you know, were not mocked, weren't weren't predicted beforehand. And I think I saw um, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, you know, the two guys with ESPN who've been doing this forever, and they had their, their drafts kind of, you know, next to each other on a screen, and they were very, very similar. I think they only had maybe maybe one difference, I think, between the two. And I'm fairly sure that, that Mel Kuyper also had um, Ed Oliver going to the Broncos at number 10, and Todd McShay, oh boy, I don't remember. I'd have to look again. I think he had, I think he had Oliver again, but it might have been he may have had um, the Broncos picking one of the quarterbacks, and I think it was probably Drew Locke. Drew Locke seems to be still kind of the consensus pick for the Broncos, but I think that's slowed down a bit. I think that has not gained the the steam that it had maybe two or three weeks ago, um, and I think that after his his tour of, of the NFL and his interviews with all the teams, it seems to me like, at least with what we're seeing coming out of the media, that his name has dropped a bit, Haskins' name's name has dropped a bit, and that maybe teams are thinking that these guys are going to fall later in the first round, and so they'll have a chance at them there, like they say in this Walter Football draft mock draft, that the New York Giants pick Locke at 17. Now, ah, I mean, it's possible but it does seem that almost every year, again, some team or two are going to panic and just think, okay, we have to get a quarterback no matter what, at least just for our fan base. And they, they panic and draft somebody in the top 10, and that's probably going to happen. Now, the question is if that happens with Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, or if it's Dwayne Haskins, or, or two or three of them. And that's really hard to say. Now, the Broncos could really benefit if a team, say, maybe the Miami Dolphins at 13, panic 
and have to have their guy, say if it's Dwayne Haskins, they have to have him and they want to trade up to the Broncos at 10 and thus the Broncos can trade back just a few picks and pick up another maybe second round pick and you're really looking gold there and you're still going to get a really top guy, maybe someone like Devin Bush, possibly even someone like Ed Oliver, though, again, the more you drop in the draft, the more unlikely it's going to be that you get that good of a player. But I think it's also obviously very possible that the Broncos draft back or trade back um, with someone and pick up more draft capital because, again, I believe most likely they're going to go with Joe Flacco as plan A and there is no plan B, just like there was not with Peyton Manning back a few years ago. Okay, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit more about who I think could be plan B, the the next option that I'm actually warming up to and someone that I think could possibly be the next future quarterback of the Denver Broncos after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The more I go through these mock drafts, the more I see how many defensive ends and defensive tackles are going in the top 10. It's really remarkable. I mean, right now you have really one quarterback, one offensive tackle, and the rest are really defensive ends, defensive tackles, and one linebacker. Now that's with Walter Football. But that seems to be a fairly common trend that this is a really stacked draft, at least at the top, for defensive ends and defensive tackles. Which is interesting because, again, it's not really a weakness for the Broncos. So if you're looking at just drafting for need or drafting for the best player available for a need, then that's not really something they have to have, I think. I think they're fairly solid on the line. They're not great in the middle, but they're good. I mean, Shelby Harris and Zach Kerr, I think, are are good. They're solid. Um, Obviously, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb Chubb are very good. Now, if you bring in, you know, someone in the in the late rounds to help them as a you know as their as their depth then I think you could have a really good unit without drafting someone in the top 10 so that being the case you know what what is it something they need now that is really a debatable question because after going out and getting Joe Flacco the the question now remains do they need a quarterback and the answer is uh, maybe who knows I mean Joe Flacco is not someone who is all that splendid of a of a quarterback at least not in the last few years yes he's a, he's a Super Bowl winner he's an MVP uh, Super Bowl MVP that is but 
you know, his stats are, are very underwhelming. They're, they're better than Case Keenum. He has a better ceiling than Case Keenum and a better floor than Case Keenum. But that doesn't mean he is, you know, on par with Matt Ryan or Drew Brees, etc. So, you know, you can be excited about him. I, I'm not I'm not upset about him. I, I, I think it's a decent pick. I think if you build a really good team around him, he can help you succeed. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're set with him. That, that they, they brought in a contract that is more team-friendly. After one year, he can be gone. I mean, you can just cut him, no problem, no money lost. And that's that's a good deal. That, that, that automatically makes it a good deal by John Elway. They only gave up a fourth-round pick, um, which I don't think is that high, honestly. I mean, I mean, it's it's something, but it's not a big deal. Um, you got a guy who's obviously better than Case Keenum, so you upgraded a quarterback and you got a better contract. So that was a very good deal. I, I think you can't really feel bad about the deal of bringing in Joe Flacco. Now, at the first 30 seconds or so, I, I almost pulled out my hair because he was the one guy I could not imagine bringing in. Um, but they did, and it makes sense, mainly because of his contract. So it doesn't close the door on the Broncos doing something else. And it doesn't close the door on John Elway wanting a future with the Broncos. Now, we've talked about how he has three years left on the contract. So does Joe Ellis. And the, the whole ownership issue is, is, is complete mayhem. And it probably won't get any better in the next few years. And we all kind of assume that Elway wants to just go out on a, on a riding off into the sunset like he did as a player, in three years. But maybe he wants to keep going. You know, Maybe he wants to build a team that's good enough that he can re-sign a contract. Maybe he actually loves what he does. It doesn't seem like he does. I mean, he doesn't seem like a very happy man, does he? Maybe that's just his personality. Every now and then you see a sparkle in his eye. You see that, that, that happiness, you know, that, that, that grin. But it doesn't seem very often. It, it doesn't seem like he loves his job, does it? I, I think he he came into the whole deal with Pat Bowen as in the in the mindset of he will be the next owner of the Denver Broncos. I don't think that's even a a, a rumor. I think that that's that was the case, and it didn't work out because of you know some sort of legal mumbo jumbo, which I I don't honestly know or or really care about. But it didn't work. And so since he couldn't get that job, he took the next best thing, which was the, you know, director of operations, pretty much the, you know, in practice, okay, not the CEO, but the CEO of what is put out on the field. And after that, he decided to, okay, you know, I've got a GM in Brian Sanders, but you know, I don't really like what he's doing. So I'm smart enough to be the GM. So I'll, I'll take that job over too. And that's what he's become. That is a hard job. We just saw this week, in LA, one of the craziest things I've seen in sports lately, Magic Johnson just quit. Just quit as a GM. Didn't even tell his boss. He seriously, he, he went and did an interview. He went to, to, to a press conference or called a press conference and quit before he told his boss, Jeannie Buss. Crazy. I mean, seriously, only someone like him could get away with doing something so dumb. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, who gets away with that? How can you just quit? Not even tell your boss. Go to the TV and say, "Yeah, you know, I'm done. I want to have fun. I don't want to I don't want to mess with this team anymore. The the team that I totally destroyed. Sorry. Someone else's turn. I'm done. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go play golf." That was embarrassing. I mean, I mean, 
you know, all respect to the guy as a player, but that's, you just don't do that. You just don't do it. I mean, quitting, okay, you know, that's bad enough. You know, building a team and making a disaster out of a team and then just saying, yep, peace, <laughs> I'm out. I don't, this isn't very fun. Yeah, it's it's lame. It's weak. It's weak. I, I mean, you, you build that mess, then you try to fix it or you get fired. And, and for goodness sake, if you're going to quit, at least tell your boss first. And apparently they're friends and he just couldn't do it because he'd, you know, break down or something. Okay, big whoop. You're a man. Jeez, you're one of the most famous athletes of all time and you can't go and man up and tell your boss unbelievable that's that, I think that's my that's my I should have saved that for for why I'm hot this week that that was just that was weak sauce what a weird week in sports right what a weird week in sports Magic Johnson quits Tiger Woods wins the Masters bizarro land bizarro land that, that's another thing I mean I'll, I know I'm going off topic. I'll be right back as soon as I can. But I mean, I get the Tiger Woods thing. I, I have family and friends who are big Tiger Woods fan, uh, you know, fans. I don't have anything really against him. I mean, I don't like what he did as a man, but I think he's paid for it. I think you know he was not a very uh, moral person, and and for me personally, that you know rubs me the wrong way because his beliefs obviously aren't my beliefs. But you know, he he paid for it. I think he went years and years of really struggling and obviously in turmoil. And I, I think, you know, it, it's kind of like a prison sentence in a way. I know it's different, of course, but but eventually it's like, okay, I, it is nice to see redemption. So I, I, I do understand why it's, it's why it's a cool deal. But that being said, I don't really understand. I mean, I've seen people, I mean, like Joel Klatt, I saw tweeted out saying, you know, he watched it with his kids and he was he was in tears and thank you so much, Tiger. Okay, why? I mean, it was it was cool, fun story, but why are people so invested in Tiger Woods? The guy struggled for for what fifteen years because he was a a d bag. I mean, because he was he was a, a a piece of trash really as a person. And I don't. I mean, that's harsh, but I don't think that's that's far off. I mean, the things that he did to his family and his wife. I mean, that that's it's ridiculous. And 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 yes, you know. It's redemption. I do believe in second chances. I do believe that people should have a shot at redemption. And it's cool that he did. But I don't really get this this huge outpouring of support and, and love and, and admiration. I mean, someone tell me, what am I missing here? What, what has he done to really deserve this? And, and I know he's good for the sport of so- for soccer, for the sport of golf. And he's one of the best ever. There's no questioning that. And it's it's cool. I mean, good for him. Good for the sport. But... I don't get the tears. I don't get the, oh, you know, Tiger. Oh, Tiger. He won. Hey. Okay. Cool. Anyway. Okay. See, this is why this is why we talk Broncos, right? <laughs> this is why we don't usually go off into the world of, of golf. But um, big news, obviously. And back again. Okay. I originally went off the tracks here and talking about Magic Johnson and originally about John Elway and how he was take how he took over the job as GM. And that's a hard job, and, and and we see that with Magic Johnson that he quit because the job was a lot harder than the guy expected. I think I think he just didn't know. I think he thought, hey, you know, cool, I'm gonna go run the I'm gonna go run the Lakers. You know, nice. You know, this is I'm gonna be out out in the public eye, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have all the attention, and the cameras are gonna be on me. Now, yeah, again, I'm being a little harsh on him, but but he's upset me lately. Um, anyway. The reality of being a GM is that you have to watch tape 
20 hours a day. You've got to go to, to the combine. You've got to go watch practice. You've got to go to games and watch quarterbacks. You're not watching the games. I mean, if, if you say, oh, John Elway's at Stanford. Okay, yeah, sure. He's, he's probably, he has a couple laughs with, with some of his, um, you know, the, the people from his alma mater, but, but he's also standing there only watching the person that he's there to, to, to view. He's there as a scout. He's not there as a fan. It's a different life. He is working all the time. Soccer, when, it, when it's your job, or so, why do I keep saying soccer, Kevin? Jeez, I'm, Germany is ruining my brain. Football, sorry, the real football, when it's your job, it's a job. It's not all that fun. I mean, it's something that you have to do. It's something that you do for a career. It's something that you get paid for. And people forget that that is a really, really hard job that only a few people can do. And Elway, in my opinion, has basically done overall a good job. Not everything's been good, but hey, he brought us the Super Bowl, and that's good enough. Whatever you want to give it. If you want to give it to Peyton Manning, I don't care. Whatever. John Elway, as GM, won a Super Bowl. Period. End of story. But does he love it? I don't know. You can't really tell with him. It doesn't seem like it, but maybe maybe he does. Maybe that competitiveness, maybe winning is enough. So if he builds a team that, that he believes he can win with, maybe he will want to extend. And that brings me, finally, I know it took a while, it brings me finally to my point. If he wants to extend, if Joe Flacco isn't his end all, isn't his only plan because three it's three years and out for John Elway, if Elway wants to extend, then he would probably likely want to bring in a quarterback as soon as possible. I don't believe it's Drew Locke. I don't believe it's Daniel Jones. And I don't believe it's Kyler Murray. Who does that leave us with? That leaves us with Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. The guy who has been touted as the quarterback in this draft, the pocket passer in this draft, the arm, the brain in that position. Now, lately, his stock has really fallen. And I don't really know why. I haven't heard any reasons for it to have fallen. I haven't heard any character problems. I haven't heard anything on the field. I haven't heard any injuries. There must be something that's sticking out to them. But when Dwayne Haskins goes and meets with John Elway, with a John Elway jersey, that's got to speak something. That, that speaks to me. That tells me, hey, Dwayne Haskins wants to play for the Denver Broncos. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not all that matters. I'll never forget that Monte Ball had a John Elway jersey in his room when he was growing up too. So it's not only what matters, but it's something. This guy wants to be here. He wants to play here. He wants to win here. And he's supposed to be one of the most talented quarterbacks in the draft. Maybe the most talented, at least as a pure pocket passer. Maybe Kyler Murray is the most gifted. But Dwayne Haskins at least a few weeks ago, was was thought of as the can't-miss quarterback. Is he a superstar potential? Maybe not. But I think he is good enough to be a franchise quarterback. And if he's good enough to be that, and if he falls to 10, which could happen, I see mocks now, many of them, that have him falling out of the top 10. And if he's available at number 10, why not? Why not? What do you need more? Do you need a young quarterback more or do you need a 
defensive tackle like Ed Oliver more. In the future. Now, yeah, for the next couple of years, maybe Joe Flacco can be okay, but who would you rather have on your team right now? Or let's say, let's let's give Dwayne Haskins one year on the bench. Maybe. You, you give Joe Flacco one year. Dwayne Haskins has the chance to beat him out in camp. Cool. Not like the Broncos are going to win in 2019. No one, no one thinks so, and they're not going to. What would you be happier with after this draft? If, if they go up there to the podium, Roger Goodell, and with the 10th pick in the 2019 draft, the Denver Broncos select Ed Oliver or Dwayne Haskins. What do you think? What do you think? We'll talk about that more coming up. Next, though, is the skipper dude. He's going to tell us why we should and why we should not consider bringing in a big man on the defensive line like Ed Oliver. Listen to him up next after this quick music break. having me on Kevin I am the Skipper Dude proud Broncos fan since 1984 so today I wanted to take a deeper dive into the next week's draft and talk about the possibilities of the Broncos drafting a defensive lineman at number 10 namely of course I'm talking about Quinn Williams the dominating 300 pound tackle from Alabama or Ed Oliver the lightning fast D lineman from Houston now realistically both of these guys are likely to be off the board when the Broncos pick at number 10 most especially Williams. But I'd like to explore whether the Broncos should make an effort to draft one of these two, perhaps even trading up in the first round to get Williams, because I really believe there are great arguments for and against doing just that. And rather than advocating one way or the other, I thought I would do something I rarely do here on Broncos and Bratwurst, and I was gonna, I'm going to advocate both ways, not as a means of helping you make up your mind, but just as some food for thought. So, Let's start with the reasons against drafting a defensive lineman at number 10, or perhaps higher, next week. And to do that, I'd like to move across town and talk, of all things, about the hollowed-out shell of the baseball team formerly known as the Colorado Rockies and the impact on them of playing at altitude. So going back to 1993, when the Rockies came into existence, people from around baseball knew that playing at altitude was going to have several different impacts for the Rockies to deal with. They had about a 50-year history going back with the Denver Bears and the Denver Zephyrs, so they basically knew what was coming. Batted balls were going to fly farther, curveballs were not going to have as much bite to them, and pitcher fatigue was going to be an issue to contend with. Now, the flying baseballs was not that hard to deal with. Just build Major League Baseball's biggest outfield, right? Curveballs were a conundrum, really, until... Bud Black, of all people, proposed that you can throw curveballs effectively at altitude so long as you bury that curveball at about 18 inches behind home plate. It was a revelation that's changed how the Rockies pitchers approach pitching, and it's been a great success. And the pitcher fatigue factor, which is very, very real, can be handled by carrying an extra long reliever, somebody who can just chew up innings after a bad start instead of wearing out your entire bullpen. So... As the Rockies construct teams now and into the future, I count five things they need to emphasize that other teams don't. Number one is a left fielder who has the defensive range 
of a center fielder thanks to the massive outfield at Coors Field. Number two, pitchers who can consistently bury their curveballs at the low end of the strike zone. Number three, a catcher who is adept at catching those carried, uh, those buried curveballs, even at the expense of his being a good hitter. I, I really believe that this is why the Rockies chose to keep Tony Walters out of training camp this year and DFA the, the much better hitting but defensively weak Tom Murphy. Number four, two long relievers who can give you three, maybe four innings out of the bullpen a day or two per week. And then number five, position players who are at least adequate defensively because the extra relief pitcher is going to cost you a bench player. With the extra pitcher, you lose the luxury of being able to have late inning defensive replacements, um, pinch runners, things like that. But all in all, as you can see, roster construction is different for the Rockies than for other teams because of the altitude. But the differences are really fairly subtle. Okay, so now let's move back to the Denver Broncos. If you're like me and you've lived or you're living at altitude, you've learned that from a cardiovascular perspective, altitude is something you can get used to. So much so, obviously, that Olympic athletes like to train at altitude to help their stamina closer to sea level. So for an NFL team, the altitude is not going to have a huge impact on skill players like wide receivers and cornerbacks. If you watch the Broncos and Raiders play in Denver and Oakland in the same year, you may see some instances of skill players leaning over and grabbing their thigh pads to catch their breath in the fourth quarter in Denver thanks to the light air. But at the end of the day, you're not going to see the quality of their play suffer much, if at all, late in games at altitude. Rather, just like the Rockies, fatigue hits where, where fatigue hits the pitchers the hardest. In the NFL, history and I believe science has shown us that fatigue hits the fat guys hardest, the linemen. And really, if you've been watching the Broncos for 35 years, as I have, you know the fatigue most definitely hits the defensive line harder than the offensive line. After all, it takes more physical exertion to rush a quarterback or tackle a running back than it does to stop a defensive lineman or open a running lane. Which means that when you're constructing a team to win in Denver, you need depth on the defensive line. You need six guys. If you're playing a 3-4, you need six guys that you can just shuttle in and out all game long and keep them fresh for the fourth quarter. And I think John Elway and Vic Fangio both tend to agree with me here. John Elway likes to build his defenses around edge rushers and cornerbacks. Fangio likes to build his around his middle linebacker. For both of them, I think they just want a defensive line that is deep, every guy is roughly league average or slightly better, and that you're not spending draft capital or salary cap dollars on a position that can be spent better elsewhere. So, the answer is no. Don't trade up for the beastly Williams or take the fast but undersized Oliver at number 10 if he's available. Okay, so now, let's look at the other side of the argument. Yes, we should take either Williams or Oliver next Thursday. That argument goes this way. If you want to build a true NFL championship caliber team, you need to be freakishly good at one component of the game and slightly or, sl or average or slightly above average everywhere else. Look at the 2015 Denver Broncos. They are freakishly good at defending against the pass, thanks to three lockdown corners, at least when Bradley Roby was on his game, and a ferocious pass rush. Quarterback, the offensive line, running back, tight ends, linebacker, safeties, they were all more or less average. In fact, Peyton Manning was probably something less than average in his final year. So, or, or look at the Patriots dynasty. 
They are freakishly good at getting check down receivers open in space. Thanks partly to the offensive design genius of Bill Belichick and the offensive coordinator who shall not be mentioned, but also because Tom Brady is the best ever at crafting his post-snap reads to find that open receiver. Every other component of the, the, the Patriots dynasty, except Gronk when he was healthy, is basically just average, but it's been enough to create a 15-year NFL dynasty. So with the Broncos running what amounts to a 5-2 defense with, with um, their, their outside linebackers on the line of scrimmage, you can line up Von Miller, if you can line up Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Quinnian Williams on that defensive front, you could very well have the kind of explosive defensive line that would be almost impossible to defend, to defend against, short of running quick-hitting three-step drop patterns all day long. That would be freakish. Just get us to average everywhere else. Flacco, the offensive line, Sutton, Freeman, Lindsey, the secondary linebackers, and you're talking about a team that may be ready to make a run deep into the playoffs. Granted, the altitude may restrict a guy like Williams to play 40 plays a game rather than you know maybe 45 or more that he might get elsewhere, but I think it's a price you have to pay to get a guy with Williams' dominating talents. So yes, if it costs you some draft capital, if it costs you a players like Emmanuel Sanders, absolutely move up into that number three position and grab Quinnen Williams. With Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa likely to go number one and number two, he should be available. Quinnen Williams is going to be a beast anywhere he plays, it appears, but he'd be an unstoppable force with the Broncos. Teams already have to game plan for Miller and Chubb. Miller, Chubb, and Williams would simply be too much for them to scheme around. Add some press man coverage with your cornerbacks and, and a strong safety. You can also pound the line of scrimmage, and you may have your 2015 defense all over again with a quarterback who is not nearly as close to the end of his career. So, Skipper Dude, what do you say? You got a nice no argument, and you got a nice argument, and a yes argument here. Which one do you think is going to win out Thursday? And, and personally, my answer, I'm going with yes. I don't think it's how Elway and Fangio are going to go, and I'll be okay with it if they don't. But if you're looking for a quick win that gets you back into contention in 2019, as Elway and Fangio are uh, very much appear to be doing, then I really believe Quentin Williams is your guy. Forget the price. Just go get him. Kevin, back to you. Interesting stuff from the Skipper Dude. As always, thanks to him for coming on and being part of the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast. There is always an opportunity for you to come on as well. Um, I love having fan rants on my show. Um, please, all I need from you is either from one to ten minutes of audio recording. Um, the only other rule is that it has to be clean, and it definitely should be something about the Broncos. But it can be, it can be a a, a memory you have of the team, a great game you saw, a what you think about the draft or the off season. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to talk about, I'd love to have you as part of the show. Please, if you want to be part, find me on Twitter at Kevy Gillikin. That's K-E-V-V-Y-G-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Find me there and send me a direct message and we will get rolling with your fan rant for the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast. And of course, follow me on Twitter. I don't always have a lot going on on Twitter. 
Um, I'm not a big Twitter guy, but I, I, I kind of roam around on there a bit. Um, and every now and then you'll see me tweeting, and some days I just go crazy. So I'm kind of a binge tweeter. Um, but for the draft, uh, we got a lot going on. MileHighReport.com is just going crazy with the draft. It's unbelievable the stuff these guys and gals put out. It, it's really incredible. If you don't, if you don't already get all of your information from MileHighReport.com or at least most of it, then do so now because it is fantastic, in depth, really well written, really well researched, and I highly, highly recommend it. There's also great podcasts over there as well. The MileHighReport.com podcast with Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Once you're finished listening to my podcast, go check them out. And then there's the Something 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 Broncos podcast, and um, that is a little more uh, informal, but very, very fun with uh, Laurie and Tim and the others. So check them out. Um, During the draft, we're going to be streaming live on Twitch. So absolutely come check us out on Twitch. Um, MileHighReport.com Twitch stream. You're going to get information like all day, every day. I'm going to be streaming from Germany. So in Europe, you'll have coverage during the day, maybe in the morning uh, of the draft weekend. And obviously in the U.S., you'll have it pretty much overnight because my morning is is in the middle of the night for you. What is it right now? It's it's 10 a.m. for me, which means it is, I believe, 2 a.m. in Denver. So if you want to just watch Broncos coverage of the draft all night long, then you'll have me for at least a few, I don't know, maybe a few hours. I don't really know how long I'll live stream. It depends on how interesting the draft is going and, and what all we can talk about. But Really exciting stuff coming. Everyone, who doesn't love the NFL draft? I know when I was a kid, I I was really upset with the draft because I was a big, big, big-time baseball fan, and I still am. Don't get me wrong. I love my Rockies dearly, even when they're terrible, like they are this year for some reason. But it still bothered me that they would have coverage of the Broncos draft on the radio ra- <coughs> Excuse me, rather than the Rockies game. I was like, what the heck? I mean, it's not even a game. <laughs> you know, it's like they're, they're seriously drafting them. They're, they're, they're covering them, talking about picking some guy. It's like, what the heck? I didn't understand as a kid. I still don't completely understand because like a radio draft, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess you have to talk about it. The Broncos are still king in Denver and they probably always will be. Um, we don't want to talk about the Rockies because that is a sad and depressing story this year. Um, but Go watch the, the Nuggets. Hopefully they, they do better than they did in game one against the Spurs. Anyway, back to football. Um, Skipper Dude was talking about Quinnen Williams or Ed Oliver at number 10. And, and again, I've got no problem with that. No problem. I mean, if they want to go out and get Ed Oliver, especially, I don't think Quinnen Williams isn't going to drop. And so, and I don't, I don't like the idea of trading up for him. So I kind of disagree with Skipper Dude a bit there, which is unusual. We usually agree. I wouldn't trade up for him. I don't think there's a player in this draft that I would trade up for. Um, you know, there are some really good players, but the Broncos just aren't in that position that they need someone like that to, to, to trade away draft capital. This team needs to at least somewhat rebuild. They're not one player away type of a team. So don't trade up that that's my opinion. Um, but other than that, the idea of going out and getting a a big man to help fill that, the, the defensive line is a very good idea. And it's one that I've espoused for a few weeks because it does really make it. So you have a great one great unit of a team. And he and exactly as the skipper dude says, I, I I said as well that for the best teams, you have to have one great unit. Almost always. Now that's not always the case because I think sometimes you have a team that just 
gets hot at the right time and has a lot of good things going for it. The Philadelphia Eagles of a few years ago are the perfect example. I mean, they had Nick Foles lead them to a Super Bowl victory. Nick Foles. I mean, could you tell me their running back? Was it Ajayi, maybe, was a running back? I mean, their defensive line, I, I don't. I think it was good. Their offensive line was good. Their, their receivers were okay. I mean, there wasn't any real special unit, at least that, to my knowledge, on that team. So every now and then you have a team that is, you know, beyond the norm, but not normally. Normally you need a team that has one great thing, like Skipper Dude said, with the slot receivers or the, the flat receivers, these little skinny white dudes that they just somehow find a way to game plan into a successful team. The Broncos, they seem to be looking for, again, a dominant defense like they had in 2015, which would totally, totally, totally make sense if they dropped Ed Oliver. And I see several mocks that have him falling. I, I just, just during the break when I was recording Skipper Dude's thing, I, he dropped, um, Ed Oliver dropped in this draft. This was on, uh, no, no, it wasn't CBS. Let me see. It was NFL, NFL.com. He, he dropped to 17 in the draft. Number 17 draft pick, Ed Oliver. Come on. No. And you, you know who they had, the Broncos picking at 10? TJ Hawkinson, a tight end. No, 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 no. You don't pick it. You don't pick a tight end at ten. Geez, when was the last tight end that went at ten? I mean, that that is so risky. No, I would honestly, I would be upset if they picked a tight end at ten. That that almost is the one pick. If they pick a tight end or a wide receiver or running back at ten, I will probably throw things. I don't even care how good of a player he is. Maybe he becomes the best tight end in football. It's way too risky. You, you just don't do it. You just don't do it. Go go get Noah Fant at, at trade back and get Noah Fant or something. Don't don't pick him at 10, for goodness sake. Yikes. That's like the worst draft, the mock draft I've seen. So yeah, Ed Oliver, sure. And he appears to be falling in the mocks, at least, for whatever reason. He he and, and Dwayne Haskins have really had their stock drop. But I think it's worth consideration and definitely worth a thought. And, 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 and I think we should prepare ourselves for the idea that this guy from Ohio State who played for a, a very good team, a great team, a good coach, seems to have a good head. He, he speaks well. He's a thoughtful kid. Not a rah-rah leader, but seems to... to from what I've read, to have the respect of his teammates. He's a pocket passer. He can read defenses. He's decently mobile. And he wore a John Elway jersey to the interview. I didn't hear him doing that with another team. Correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't hear him wearing a, I don't know, whoever the GM is for other teams, I, I guess they don't, probably don't have jerseys, so it's a little different story. But still, that, that means something. That means something. That, that, that is a message. That is a message that, hey, I respect you and I want to play for you. And that, that says something. That's a guy, I mean, oftentimes, these guys who are predicted to go high in the, in the draft don't even meet with teams out of the top five. So obviously he sees that he's not even predicted that high anymore. And this is a team he wants to play for. That is what we need. This Denver Broncos locker room needs guys who want to be here, who want 
to fight for this team. Derek Wolfs. I mean, I don't always love what Derek Wolf says, but the dude wants to be a Bronco. Von Miller wants to be a Bronco. Chris Harris Jr. at least has wanted to be a Bronco. That's who you want on this team. You look around the, the Colorado sports scene and you see the Colorado Rockies, what are they, 4-11 and 11 or 4-12 and 12 now. The Nuggets are 0-1 in the playoffs. The Avalanche are 1-1, so go Avs. But you see with, with the Rockies, they lost two clubhouse guys. They lost Carlos Gonzalez, or three guys, Carlos Gonzalez, DJ LeMahieu, and Gerardo Parra. And they were guys who their talent, especially with Parra and Gonzalez, wasn't great. They were kind of past their prime. But their, what they brought to that locker room, it appears, was bigger than anything they brought on the field. And you can't blame everything on that, of course. But it's, it's it has to be something. Look at the Bronco or the, the Nuggets too. The Nuggets are a young team. They're a young team that they're not quite there. They, they need experience. They need that it in the playoffs. Maybe they'll find it. It can't be expressed how important leadership is. Can't be. And maybe that's Joe Flacco. Maybe. Is he a guy who leads by example? It seems like it. It seems like he's a good dude. It's totally underrated. Now, yeah, you need talent too. But you know what? Is there? Have you heard any Broncos player, any, complaining about not having enough talent last year? Have you? No. You know what you hear? You hear the Broncos players complaining about not having accountability, about not having responsibility, not having leadership. That's what they complain about. They don't say, hey, yeah, you know, our offensive line was garbage. You don't hear that. Can't be expressed enough. The integrity of a locker room is vital. And I'll, I'll say it to him, blue in the face, that is what the Broncos have to look for in this year's draft and the rest of free agency and building the team for 2019 and for the future. And if that's Dwayne Haskins, then sign me up. I'm in. I'm in on Dwayne Haskins. I, I truly think, I think for me, it's coming down between Ed Oliver, Devin White, and Dwayne Haskins. It's almost whoever's available. If all three are available, whew. Interesting. Interesting. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be white knuckling it because I don't know what they'll do. It will all be depending on if Elway is ready to be done if he's finished if he's 3 years and he'll take a sigh of of relief and be and be out because John Elway is not Magic Johnson. John Elway is not a guy who's just going to build a mess and quit. That's not in his character. He is a winner. He's a guy who who has to win. And if I I, I think it's possible that if he builds a team that he thinks can win, that he might just want to stick around. And I don't think John Elway is a guy who is going to be easily fired. So if he builds a team that can win, for one, you won't fire him. And two, he could want an extension. And if he wants an extension, then he's going on a quarterback of the future. And that quarterback of the future could very well be available this year with the number 10 pick and Dwayne freaking Haskins. Bring it! Let's go. Next week is draft week, guys. Join us again. Don't leave milehighreport.com. I'll be back next Monday and live streaming 
some point next week, we got to get out some, you know, work out a few bugs with a with the technical side of things, but I'm going to be live streaming over at Twitch. The Mile High Report guys already do it over at Twitch. Um, so check out their live streams. They are fantastic. A very different type of show. Um, you're going to get to see my ugly mug and a couple of the other ugly mugs over at milehighreport.com. It just makes it that much more fun. You can, you can be part of the show. You can comment. You can ask questions. You can say, hey, this is what I want you to talk about. This is what I have questions about. And you can be part of the milehighreport.com podcast and live stream over at Twitch. So get there, especially for draft week. It's going to be dope. It's going to be awesome. And I'm pumped for draft week. Let's bring it. I will see you there. Peace.